right and we are on (laughs) what's going on everybody this is the pitch podcast the very first episode by the way uh i am satchel page i am the host of the pitch um this podcast is all about the preservation of the funk uh what i want to do with this podcast is uh just appreciate discuss listen to talk about have a great time with black american music that's what i want to do with this podcast um when i say black american music uh, i want everyone to understand what i mean by that specifically do not get the wrong idea and if somebody just so happens like i'm getting way ahead of myself and way bigger than i actually am but if somebody happens to say oh you know satchel page is blah 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 blah," because you know what about white music and all this listen man hey check this out all right when i say black american music i am referring to specifically music that was birthed here in america that is created was created originated by black americans that's it it is i'm not any kind of way trying to make small uh the contributions of music outside of this country and outside of this ethnicity that's not what i'm doing but what i am here to say is that all American music was originated by black Americans. It's just that simple. Uh, it is, again, I, I'm not saying that no one else contributed or anything like that. Uh, I'm not saying that no other music outside of the country is not important because I happen to dig it all. Uh, you give me some Afrobeat, you know, I'll dig, dig some classical music, you know, some folk music from India or something like that. You know, I can appreciate and I love it all. Uh, but this podcast is for the preservation of the funk. All right. Um, when I listen to music, I, I don't receive it in uh, a category, if you will. I don't, I don't listen to music and, you know, automatically put it in hip hop, soul, jazz, R&B, rock pop alternative grunge metal uh, what else bluegrass country uh, punk new wave uh, urban hip-hop contemporary urban contemporary uh, (laughs) alternative hip-hop you know all all those man i would go crazy trying to uh, categorize music that way I, I just don't receive it that way uh when i listen to it it's all about how it makes me feel it's about how it makes me think you know the groove of it that's that's what i listen for and that's kind of like that's my criteria right there you know because what we're talking about you know is art and art makes you feel art makes you think Art makes you act, right? Those three things, that that's what art does. And whether somebody wanted to use a guitar, somebody wanted to use a paintbrush, 
somebody wanted to use uh, whatever, you know, spray paint. Somebody wanted to fold up paper. However you want to do it, you know, it's all art, right? And it all does one of those three things. It makes you feel. It makes you think. It makes you act. Okay? So, the art that I'm speaking of is an art that was birthed here in this country. And that was originated, once again, by black Americans. That's what I'm trying to do here, right? Um, when you look at Da Vinci, you would be very, you're, you're, it's very dangerous to consider Da Vinci just a sculptor or to consider him just a painter or just an inventor because he was all of those things, right? And to call, give him just one name, just put him in one box, then what you're doing is you're neglecting the great contributions that he had in other mediums. And that's I feel the same way about music, right? So it's like, you know, I take Curtis Mayfield, okay? And he's the same as Charles Mingus. Who's the same as Teddy Pendergrass? Who's the same as Talib Kweli? Who's the same as Shaka Khan? Who's the same as Betty Carter? Who's the same as Shirley Scott? And so on and so forth. You just keep naming names going on and on and on, right? It's all the same thing. It makes you think. It makes you feel. It makes you act, right? So that's what this podcast is all about. You know, I think, uh, and also like, when when we discuss when I say black American music, understand that, you know, this idea is not my baby, right? I didn't come up with the idea. Um it's always just been how I listen to music and the way I receive it, but it's not my idea. The name actually black American music comes from to my knowledge, I first heard it from uh the multi instrumentalist Nicholas Payton really really cool guy good friend of mine um he he was the first person that I heard give music the music that I'm speaking of that name all right uh and folks thought that you know it was like really controversial and everything uh got into some some beefs whatever with uh with musicians and writers uh who were like yo you know how are you gonna say that you know this jazz music uh you know such and such you know just whatever dude i'm like look <laughs> anyway he says like you know if if you if you look at the music and you just give it this name and we get rid of these genres and everything like that uh then you are able to appreciate all of it you know all all of the sounds right um, and you're doing it a disservice by putting it under one very small, simple-minded name. Uh, but again, even with that that idea, Nicholas Payton is not the uh, originator of that idea. You also had, uh, way before him, uh, cats like Duke Ellington and Yusef Latif and Miles Davis and Gary Bartz and John Coltrane and on and on and on and on and on. So, so many great musicians uh, who played in the form that, you know, people like to call jazz. Uh, 
you know, they sit there and say, you know, hey, wait a minute, you know, I'm I'm not a jazz musician, right? Uh, I don't care for that name, you know. And at some point in all their careers, you know, they they got kind of pissed off at uh, that label itself. Like, you know, don't call me a jazz musician uh, because I, I'm a musician. I'm an artist, right? That's what I am. That's what I do. Uh, I can play jazz. I have played jazz before, but that's not particularly what I do. So, you know, uh, those guys, the legends, if you will, uh, in black American music, they rejected uh, the idea of jazz, you know. Um, and Miles Davis, even, uh, he, he called it social music. That That's what he called it. Uh, basically saying that uh, it is music that is a reflection of society and in particular a reflection of young people and what they are listening to. What, what are the young people digging into? And they're, they're the ones who push the sound and the culture uh, and the art form. They're the ones that push them forward. Now, that can be either good or bad, you know, however you want to slice and dice it. Um as the great Negro uh, poet and thespian Yasin Bey said on his Black on Both Sides album, you know, whatever's happening to hip hop is what's happening to us. For me, that's like the most prophetic words to ever come from a uh, quote unquote hip hop album. Uh, because, I mean, that, that just tells you like whatever the people are on, at a certain point in time, whatever they're digging, whatever their lifestyle is like, the artist, their art is going to be a reflection of that. Okay. So if you have a problem with the music and in particular the content of the music or even the technical, uh, the, 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 the technical aspect of the music, if you have a problem with that, well, then there is something that needs to be addressed in society. It is not the musician, right? It is society that has created, has fostered uh, this environment from which the artist is uh, speaking on or from which the, the, the artist is coming from, right? So when you have that you know, you, you need to address that if there's a if you have a problem with it, uh, if you have a problem with the lack of musicianship in music, well, then we need to look at uh, where are the musicians, what are the musicians doing? What are the musicians not doing? Right. I, I believe that, you know, the best guitarists, the best drummers right now might not even be playing drums. Uh, or, or guitar or whatever, you know, they're probably, you know, doing God knows what. Something is keeping them away from them picking up their, their God-given craft and that instrument. Uh, you look at, you know, what are, how are the schools helping to foster the arts? Are they helping to foster the arts? Or is uh, the structure of education in America is so rigid and so data-driven that they have abandoned the arts altogether, 
you know. And if you're doing that, then you know we're losing, you know, the next Charles Mingus. We 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 we're losing the next Horace Silver, uh, or or George Clinton, what have you, you know, because they're not being allowed to uh to 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 create in the manner that they were intended to create. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, whatever music, whatever is going on in music that's going on in society, okay? And if you don't like what you hear in music, then you need to look at society and try to figure out, you know, how how can we create a better society so that the music, you know, can be about something, you know? Um, but that's what I want to do with this podcast. You know, that that's what it's all about, you know, just the preservation of the funk, right? Um, so with this, I mean, I, I'll, from time to time, you know, I'll be playing some music. You know, I got some music lined up on this uh, episode right here. You know, I may have some people on here as guests, you know, sit down, chit-chat with them, chop it up. Just talking about music, that's what it's all about, you know, and just the love and appreciation for it. That that That's all we're trying to do. Um you know, for some it'd be education, for others it'd just be like, you know, just, just grooving, just chilling out, you know. That's what I want to do. And, you know, maybe it starts some conversations, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But I'm glad that you're listening. Thank you very much. Uh, so, moving right along with this podcast, this this first one. Uh, now I got all the other stuff out of the way. Um, this This episode is coming right at the end of 2016. Uh, and if you <laughs> got any kind of pulse at, at this point, then you, you know, like 2016 has been pretty heavy uh, as far as all of the awesome, talented, intellectual people who uh whose spirits have have left us and gone into another realm um many 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 people uh transition and it's not like just i don't think just more than regular uh but certainly uh as far as uh the celebrities the artists the activists uh the intellectuals you know so many uh it just feels like so many more have uh have transitioned this year than than normal and and it, it, that may not necessarily be the case but i can say certainly that a lot of people who uh from my childhood and whose talents have motivated me in my life and uh people who've helped me to think and you know given my life a groove um so many of them and that that's i just want to pay tribute uh to to those people i mean when you look at uh not just in the music world you know in in sports you know gordy howe you know, legend on the hockey rink uh muhammad ali especially you know uh Monty Irvin, great baseball player. Um Jose Fernandez, uh, Arnold Palmer, uh so many so many more uh athletes and then you look at, you know, 
in in the theater world and cinema and stuff. Uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, Florence Henderson, uh, you know, so many. Uh, I can't even think. Of all, Gary Marshall, you know. So, so many, uh, George S. Irving passed away, doggone heat miser. Uh, in particular, you look, any, you know, because this is a music podcast, you know, you look at man, Glenn Frey from the Eagles and Blowfly, Clarence Reed, my man, uh, passed away earlier this year, and Sharon Jones, rest her soul, uh, of course, Prince, you know. You can't, you cannot leave him out at all. Uh, uh, Bob Cranshaw, Bobby Hutcherson, uh, Denise Matthews, Fife Dog, the legend, the legend Fife, you know, uh, Maurice Wife, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know, so, so many names. And, and I can't sit here and name every single one of them, you know, because that would make for a very boring podcast. And I'm just not humanly capable of doing that. So, uh, but you get the idea, you know, it is, you know, very, very difficult uh, time for, for, for those of us who, you know, grew up listening to these people and watching these people on TV and in movies and, and seeing these athletes perform, you know, it is just very heavy. Uh, I believe and have always believed in cycles, right? So uh, there is one of my favorite scriptures uh, from the Bible, favorite parables, if you will, from the Bible, um, what Jesus was talking like about pouring new wine into new wineskins, and you can't pour new wine into old wineskins, and I always wonder what that meant, you know, when I'd read it as a teenager, and even in my early 20s or whatever, and I just didn't understand, it just, it made no sense to me at all, like, what is he talking about, all right, and then, I don't know, just out of the blue, it just clicked, and it just made all the sense in the world, it's like, you know, for, to create something new, um, you have to get rid of the old. You can't create new on old ground, if you will. Uh, it has to be new. I mean, if you know, right here in Africa, if you look at these streets, I mean, these all these potholes and everything. I mean, yes, we're on Yazoo Clay, but you know, you can't just keep patching up the streets. You know, you at some point you're gonna have to tear the whole street off and just start all over. And that's basically the way I look at life and, and the cycles of everything. It's like I believe that the babies that have uh, been born this year and will be born in 2017, I think those are going to be uh, some of the world's best and the world's brightest. Uh, some of the most amazing talent, uh, I believe, will be coming from the babies of 2016, 2017. So if you got your little newborn, you know, you, you really need to be investing in them uh, right now because I believe that they're, they're going to be the ones who are just going to change the world in a major way. Uh, diseases uh, will be uh, eradicated through them. I, I believe uh, creatively uh, 
the art the artwork that will come from them and you know just all the contributions in in every facet that you can imagine i believe that these babies are going to be the ones to do that and so in order for that to happen uh the world had to release some spirits uh back to the master right so uh yes it's it's a really really heavy time um but i can say that i am thankful to have been alive and aware of all of these talents and being able to appreciate the work that that they uh gave us and that they uh they left us with um this is a music podcast so i just want to like you know really pay tribute to to those in the music world so uh with all of that being said i've prepared you know just a couple of mixes or whatever something real small it's not not major at all but uh I've got, you know, a couple of mixes that I just want to share with everybody and just in my own way paying tribute to uh those who've transitioned this year. And so uh yeah, that's what I want to do with with this episode. This is the pitch with your host Satchel Page. <laughs> Left you here 
your life in time Does it clear your mind How All the hurt you find Oh yeah Whoa, whoa. Build no mother Build no mother Man will meant to stay Oh yeah Nations
Barbie hot. Well, all the guys were corny, but the girls were mad fly. Lounging with the tipster, cooling with shop. Scoping out the honeys, they know who they are. I was the B ball playing, fly rhyme saying, fly girl getting. Whenever was I sweating? Cause when it came to honeys, I would go in a stroke. Until I met my match. Her name was Flo. Yeah, I messed around with the one called Flo. All the troopers round the way used to call her a hoe. But deep down in my heart, I knew that Flo was good to go. Cause I thought it was me, like Belle Biv DeVoe. But little did I know that she was playing with my mind. The only thing I've learned is good girls are hard to find. I feel like heavy D, I need somebody for me. Not someone whose mind is blank and trying to juice me for my banks. Swinging with my main man, lucky behind my back. What type of crap is that? Yo, how's about a smack? Word life, I can't front. Thought I was all that. But now it seems I've met my match. I was a stone cold lover. You couldn't tell me that. Settling down with one girl, wasn't trying to hear that. I had Tanya, Tamika, Sharon, Karen, Tina, Stacy, Julie, Tracy used to love them. Leave them, skeeze them, tease them, find them, lose them, also abuse them. My whole attitude is new day, next hunt. And believe it or not, they all got done. But here comes Flo with the crazy whip appeal. And I'm all too man, like Alexander O'Neill. Is this really love? Then again, how would I know? After all this time, trying to be a super hoe. She finally played me, but yo, I'd find another. Cause I've got the crazy game, and yo, I'm smooth hey, yo, like butter. It's like butter. It's like butter, baby. 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 It's like butter. Like the butter, baby. Not no parking, not no margarine. Strictly butter. Butter, I remember when girls were goody two shoes, but now they turn to freaks all of a sudden. We love you, He's off hold. My name's Mully. Fight this, fight that. Where you going? Where you at? These girls don't know me from Jack, yet I feel like the Mac. You didn't want me then, so yo, hun, don't want me now. Yeah, yeah. Take the towel. Wipe off your brow and take the contact out your eye. You're far from looking fly. You're getting E for effort and T for nice try. And tell me what's the reason for dying your hair. Slum village gold still dangling in your air. You barely have a neck, but still sporting a rope. Four-finger ring, just so Pfeiffer can scope. You looked in the mirror, didn't know what to do. Yesterday your eyes were brown, but today they are blue. Your whole appearance is a lie, and it can never be true. And if you really like yourself, then you would try and be you. If your hair and eyes are real, I wouldn't have dissed you. But since it was boy, I had to dismiss you. But if you can't achieve it, then why not try and weave it? If you can't extend it, then you might as well suspend it. If you can't braid it, best thing to do is fade it. I ask you, did your hair, and you tell me, Diane, maybe if you were you and just you. Talk to you, maybe, but I can't stand No bionic lady trying hard to look fly But yo, you're looking dumber If I wanted someone like you, I would've sworn with Jamie Summers You wanna be treated right? See Father MC Or check Ralph Trespin for sensitivity Cause I am not the one I got more game than Parker Brothers Fight dog is on the mic and I'm smooth like butt This is The Pitch with your host, Sadra Page. I am chilling in the man room right here live from Jafrica. And yeah, so we got done with a mix right there. Uh, first, we had Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, one of my favorite pieces for them, uh, Nobody's Baby off of their 100 Days, 100 Nights album, um, Sharon Jones. 
passed away at the age of 60 on uh, November 18th after uh, a battle with cancer. Um, I am, along with everybody else, we say fuck cancer. You know, we, we don't have time for that at all. Um, but yeah, I I remember the f- I first heard of Sharon Jones and Dap Kings uh, shortly after that 100 Days, 100 Nights album came out. Uh, she, uh, incredible vocalist, incredible vocalist, and such a funky individual, and, you know, just uh, youthfulness about her. Um, she, her career started off pretty late as far as music goes. I mean, uh, gospel singer, uh, traditionally also, uh, she worked as a corrections officer, if I'm not mistaken, uh, before uh, she was finally uh, picked up by the Daptone label and worked with the Dab Kings. Uh, she did two albums before that uh, 100 Days, 100 Nights, uh, Dab Dipping with Sharon Jones and Dab Kings. That was released in 2002. Uh, and naturally in 2005 so I mean you're you're talking about she was well, like 56 uh, years old uh, well not quite 56 uh, sorry about, about 48 or so uh, before she was discovered somewhere around there late 40s early 50s whatever I don't feel like doing math right now at any rate <laughs> um, she was finally discovered if you want to call it discovered uh late late in the game and uh sh- but she made some incredible music uh in in that time uh i learned the hard way soul time give the people what they want uh, the christmas album is a holiday soul party uh yeah lot lots of great tunes uh hell of a performer a uh, wonderful lady just I, I still miss her spirit because i mean she had such a uh, vibrance when she performed uh just a return to uh just that feeling that that you know you get from uh 50s and 60s soul music uh but uh nobody's baby one of, that's one of my favorites uh off that album uh then after that uh we heard the song earth wind and fire from the group Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, led by one Maurice White, passed away uh, February 4th at the age of 75. Um, one of my favorite male vocalists of all time because he sang like a man, you know, and it wasn't all kinds of tricks and everything and wailing and whatnot. I mean, he just got up there and just sang. And I, I just I just always loved his voice. Uh, but not only a great vocalist, uh, band leader, uh, writer and such, uh, also a hell of a drummer. Um, for a lot of people that don't know, he, he worked with uh, Ramsey Lewis on a lot of his albums in the 60s and 70s. Uh, one in particular, uh, one of my favorites, and I think it was might be like the very first Ramsey Lewis album that I bought with my own money, and that was the uh, Sun Goddess album with the Hey Yo, Hey Yo, yeah, that that joint right there. Um, 
I love that, love that song right there. Uh, life-changing music right there. But Maurice White certainly uh, from one of my favorite bands uh, in Earth, Wind & Fire. Um, he passed away early this year in February. Uh, Earth, Wind & Fire certainly, I mean, they, they made music for every situation. I mean, there is some music that you know speaks to your soul spirituality in it uh open our eyes is one of my favorites i, I will sing that <laughs> you know any day that we could drop the hat you know keep your head to the sky uh made music for love love's holiday and maurice white i mean he just he took that song and i don't think anybody could attempt to create it uh after him because he, he, he put his ankles all into that um, dance music. I don't really like September. That's just me, my particular thing. You know, it, it, it jams. You know, I give it that. But I, I don't know. It just it wasn't for me. You know, but let's groove. You know, that's that's one of my jams right there. I actually didn't like this song for a long time because uh, one trip when I was like a teenager, uh, we were taking a road trip to Los Angeles, and it was my mother's turn to drive, and my mother was a big Earth, Wind & Fire fan, and she bought that cassette, uh, Greatest Hits uh, cassette from the gas station, and when it was her turn to drive, she just played Let's Groove over and over and over again, and this is like, again, this is a cassette, right? So she played it, rewind it, play it again rewind it play it again rewind so on and so forth you know so i didn't like i couldn't just i just couldn't hear that song anymore for a few years after that happened but i mean that song does jam and i mean that that'll get you on the dance floor to this day uh the horns and everything is just incredible but you know maurice white leader of earth wind and fire along with philip bailey uh but he passed away rest his soul then uh, what am I, what is this world without Parliament Funkadelic? And in particular, because this is a tribute episode, what are we without uh, Bernie Worrell, one of the founders of the group Funkadelic Parliament, all that uh, keyboardist, uh, one of the first musicians to play with the uh, Moog synthesizer. Uh, you hear that on Flashlight in particular. I guess the song that everybody knows. But uh, we just listened to Al Stay. Uh, all you hip hoppers out there, y'all y'all should be familiar with that right there. Uh, you're welcome. Um, but uh, Bernie Worrell, uh, as far as Parliament, Funkadelic, uh, for me, that is my spirit sound right there. Uh, what what they did with the traditional R&B and doo-wop and with rock music, all of that stuff, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. And, you know, for, I mean, just... You remember the album covers? You remember just like, you know, like me, 
for me, it's like Ohio Players album covers, of course, uh, because I am a raging heterosexual. Um, but, you know, picking up the Ohio Players album covers, just I was like was seven or eight, you know, just open them up, just staring, you know, didn't even know what I was staring at. But it was just like, I'm just going to stare at this until I figure something out with that. And, you know, the, the Parliament Funkadelic covers were just so strange and just so different from everything else you know the, the animation just the the gory images just it was it was funk you know just spaced out and it it it's, it comes out in the music and in the sounds and you know i mean and to know that you know here the when you get down and listening to it from a music perspective and you hear all the different instruments and you listen to the keys, like in particular, like in, in, in I'll stay and in uh, mothership connection and, and whatnot. I mean, Bernie Worrell was a beast. I want you to understand. And not, not even, you know, with, with Parliament Funkadelic, but you know, later on he, he worked with the talking heads as well. So, you know, he was just a hell of a musician, a uh, hell of a mind to to be able to, along with George Clinton, Clinton come up and create uh, some of the stuff that he did. I mean, just totally just open up the floodgates and just show, you know, how far, you know, this music can go with the help of some substances. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll stay. Love, love, love that joint. And I'll follow you hip hoppers. You know, I know you may be thinking Crucial Conflict, but guess what? Daylight did it first. Thank you very much. Um, and then lastly, uh, Tribe Called Quest Butter off of the Low End Theory album. Uh, Fife, who at the age of 45, very, very young, passed away uh, March 22nd. Um, what can I possibly say about a Tribe Called Quest and Five Dog? I mean, if you haven't yet, you need to get uh, the latest album. We got it from here. Thanks for your service or listening, whatever. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. But uh, you need to get that out, seriously. Um, Q-Tip is, in my opinion, the... Uh, the best at picking samples hands down uh not just because he's able to just dig and find some stuff that you may or may not be familiar with but in the sense that he also has the ability to preserve the spirit of the sample which a lot of a lot of producers and beat makers they they don't have that they can't do it and if they can do it they can't do it as well as q-tip does i mean when he samples something uh you feel the spirit of the original in the music and he's just like a master at rhythm that uh incomparable uh in this day and age but uh on fife fife is like my big uncle as far as like you know lyrics go and everything i think uh he was just spectacular 
wordsmith and uh, just, you know, the way that he would come up with these sports references and, you know, references in pop culture and everything. And the way that he just laid it out, it's like it wasn't so over your head that you couldn't reach it. But at the same time, it wasn't dumb, you know, and I think a lot of rappers tend to do one or the other. It's like they just try to go over your head and make you have to think for three years on this punchline or it's something that's just so trivial. It's like, you know, man, why the hell did you say that? Like you insulted my intelligence with that dumb line. Right. Uh, Fife was able to just kind of like. You bring it at a left place where you could just reach it. You could feel it. You know, he's like, yeah, I get it. That's dope. <laughs> you know, that line right there, you know, particularly with the sports references. And if you ever like listen to, to Fife and I used to follow him on Twitter, uh, just his commentary on sports was, you know, on the level with anybody that, you know, gets paid to do that from ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever. I mean, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm, I know I'm not the only one, but I would have much rather listened to Fife and his commentary on sports rather than like a lot of the talking heads uh, that they have on cable networks right now but um yeah low in theory one of my favorite albums uh of all time uh certainly is always in the conversation with uh best hip-hop albums period uh butter was one of those joints uh if i'm not mistaken that would have to be fife's first solo song because I don't he didn't have any on uh people's instinctive travels and paths of rhythm he didn't have any uh solo songs on that album so like butter was the first one where it's just Fife and I mean he he just laid it down you know it's just a cool story whatever like him in high school uh but um really 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 dope song on a really really great album uh, but we're going to keep this thing rolling. We got another mix coming up so I can stop talking as much and y'all can just dig the music again. This is The Pitch with your host, Satchel Page.
What's up? This is the pitch, your host Satchel Page. Back from another mix. Right there, we had Vanity. Vanity Six, Nasty Girl, uh, featuring Denise Matthews. Uh, one of Prince's many, many, many proteges and girlfriends who uh passed away at the age of 57 on February the 15th of this year. Um, I remember, I have several stories, of course, uh, cause the kid growing up in the eighties, uh, I remember her, of course, uh, from the movies, The Last Dragon, Laura Charles, and also from the movie, uh, Action Jackson, I don't remember her name from Action Jackson, but I... I remember something from that movie, <laughs> and uh, she was the damsel in distress, if you will, uh, between Carl Weathers and a uh, homeboy from Coach, uh, forget it, Craig something. At any rate, yeah, Denise Charles, again, uh, Canadian from uh, who uh, Prince found in uh Started up a little, you know, gave her a little band, little group, Vanny Six, the girl group, and uh, the song Nasty Girl. I remember uh, I had to be like six, seven years old, and uh, one of their videos came on, and I remember being in my parents' room watching the video, and one of them was like, started to pull her, uh, her um, shirt off her shoulders or whatever. You know, my mom just quickly like covered my eyes, whatever, <laughs> and uh, that was the only time I can recall watching that video. Uh, obviously, it was something that I needed to see because my mom covered my eyes up from it. But um, yeah, she she had a very uh, interesting life, a lot of twists and turns, uh, dealing with drug addiction, and then eventually uh, finding spirituality through christianity uh, i think she also dated ice cube if i'm not mistaken uh but she passed away at the age of 57 um and then after uh nasty girl one of my favorite low-key prince cuts uh let it go from the come album uh there's nothing that i can really add uh to the many many words uh showing love and appreciation for prince uh you know most houses back then in the early mid 80s you were like either a michael jackson house or your prince house 
my house happened to be both, you know, my parents played as much Michael Jackson as they did Prince. And I can remember vividly uh, parties that they would have at the house and they would be playing 1999 and seeing my parents and other adults uh, dancing and stuff when I was supposed to like be in my room playing with toys, but I would sneak in there, listen to the music and watching them dance and everything. Uh, Prince, uh, just one once in a lifetime, once in a millennium uh, artist, uh, just what he was able to do musically, not just for himself even, but uh, for others is just indescribable. I mean, if you list the albums, the songs, the videos, uh, again, all the protégés, all the different bands and groups, you know, Madhouse, and The Time, Jesse Johnson Review, Vanity Six, and Nona Gay, you know, on and on, Tevin Campbell, on and on and on and on and on. You know, so, so many uh, people who... uh, we got to listen to and enjoy because of Prince. And even, you know, folks like Shaka Khan, who, you know, the world already knew about, you know, I feel for you. I mean, she took that song with the blessings of Prince and she made it her own, you know. Um, I mean, what what can you possibly add to that? I mean, just this is the genius of Prince. And this is like my favorite story that, you know, I had ever heard, you know, from him. Um, so when they were, uh, shooting the movie Purple Rain and they come to Prince and they're like, Hey man, check it. We, we need uh, a song for this montage. All right. And, you know, just, just, you know, a little something for, to fill up this spot during this montage. So Prince goes home that night, uh, writes, arranges, produces, records, when doves cry, and then brings it back in the morning. You say, you know, what do you think about this? Who does that? I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about a song uh, that if I live to be 125 years old, that song will still be jamming, you know, long after I'm gone. Uh, Wind Does Cry, just major, major, major tune. Uh, so important to American music. Uh and he did that like in one night, you know, under duress, trying to come up with something for a montage in a movie, you know. But this is like my point that I'm, you know, I was trying to make, you know, it's like uh, the when it comes to like this music and everything, and you know, how, you know, how it's effect on society and everything, how those things are are connected. I mean, if. Prince was not allowed and given the space to be the musician that he was and uh, just playing every single instrument that you can imagine and having a space to create. I mean, it's like we we would be missing out on so much, right? And who's to say that there isn't a Prince or something close to it? You know, right now, uh, some little kid that, you know, hasn't been introduced to the guitar, it hasn't been introduced to drums or the trumpet or whatever, you know, we got to give those kids space and allow them 
the the ability to to transform music in the way they're intended to man listen that i mean because without prince i mean what is this what is this world like you know and we had to figure that out you know what does a world without prince look like because a lot of us were not here <laughs> for the last time that prince was was not on this earth so uh but god bless his soul uh just you know amazing musician able to Produce and just able to 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 just create uh, sexuality and spirituality, uh, dance and consciousness, just funk, just everything uh, through his music. He, he was able to to transmit all that. You know, I, I love absolutely love Prince. You know, and I'm not alone with that. But he he really uh, did influence my life. Uh, after Let It Go, we had. One of my favorite Horace Silver songs uh, from my favorite Horace Silver album, uh, K. Verdeen Blues, that was Pretty Eyes. Pretty Eyes featuring, along with my favorite saxophonist, uh, Joe Henderson, also features uh, the late, great, great, great uh, Bob Cranshaw on the bass. A lot of people, you may not be familiar with Bob Cranshaw, but you need to get familiar with Bob Cranshaw. Uh, Sideman extraordinaire. I can't think off the top of my head any album where he was the leader. Uh, there may be a few. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, somebody smarter than me can can find that out for you. No. But uh, definitely as a sideman, uh, just played on monumental albums with monumental musicians. I mean, Lee Morgan's The Sidewinder, first thing comes to mind. Uh, so many of Sonny Rollins' albums. Uh, Cape Verding Blues, I said, one of my favorite uh, Horace Silver albums. Uh, Serenade to a Soul Sister, I believe he played on that as well. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite albums uh, from Grant Green. Uh, Idle Moments uh, played on that, and that that particular song right there, Idle Moments, is is a gem amongst gems. Uh, but he played on that as well, and not only uh, his uh, being a side man, a bassist, uh, heavy session musician uh, in, in high demand. Not only that, but Bob Cranshaw uh, also worked to help other musicians stay busy and stay getting paid. Uh, he helped to, uh, with the, the musicians union back, back in the days and helped, uh, other musicians get on and find work, you know, in recordings and also, uh, in the mainstream culture, because a lot of people don't know that, uh, Cranshaw was a bassist for uh, the television show Sesame Street, uh, played the bass for that show as well, and did that for, for many years. Um, so he was not only just a high commodity in as far as you know session work uh, on, on these, these legendary albums, but also in the mainstream world, in television, other avenues. I mean, he he was in in high demand, and he helped others do the same thing because you know not every musician 
is going to be a Miles Davis or a Coltrane or Ornette Coleman, whatever, where you're leading a band uh, all the time. A lot of musicians were session musicians, right? And, you know, you need to find work and you need to stay, you know, stay busy as well. You know, you go and do a session, uh, label heads give you a check. And that's how it worked out. And, and, and Crenshaw helped so many musicians with that as long as uh, benefiting, benefiting from it as well. Uh, so really salute to that brother who passed away at the very, very, very young age of 83 uh, on November 2nd. And then lastly on that mix, we had uh, one of my favorite vibraphonists, uh, Bobby Hutcherson with uh, the song Montara. Bobby Hutcherson passed away at the age of 75 on August the 15th. Um, that one kind of hurt me, you know, because I, I felt like uh, he still had a lot of life, you know. And Bobby Hutcherson, I don't know, just to me, just always seemed very young, right? Um, but nonetheless, uh, he, he did transition, uh, Hutchison also excellent side man, um, worked with Herbie Hancock, uh, Jackie McLean, one of my favorite one step beyond, oh my goodness, that is a heavy hitter right there. Uh, and with, uh, certainly, uh, one of Blue Note's, uh, most important albums, if you will, uh, Out to Lunch uh, from Eric Dolphin, uh, that was released in 1964. Uh, yeah, so Dolphy was like, you know, when he got the musicians together, you know, he was saying, hey, you know, we're going to do something different, you know, with the composition of this, of this piece. I don't want you to play notations you know that's that's the traditional thing right there you know musicians they you know you play a sound you notate it on a sheet of paper on a scale and you put a bunch of notes together and then you hand that out and this is what we're going to play you know this is the melody this is the harmonies yada yada the chords everything you notate it musicians play it bam that's it you know Dolphy wanted to get away from that. Dolphy was even like, I'm not going to play sounds, you know, and you'll hear John Coltrane speak on that a lot, how, you know, at a certain point in his career, he wasn't playing notes. He was trying to play sounds and create sounds and put those sounds together for a composition. Dolphy wasn't even trying to do that without to lunch. No, when he told them, and this, I get the story from listening to Bobby Hutchinson. This, I didn't just make this up. Uh, but... He said that Dolphy wanted them to play shapes. So in other words, if you think of a square or a triangle or whatever, you know, what sound would you give to that shape? You know, play that shape. And that's how Out to Lunch, the album was composed. And that is so incredible to me because it just gives just another medium uh for musicians another way to express themselves and if when you listen to out to lunch now after knowing this i mean you kind of like you kind of can see that you know trying to visualize 
what exactly they were trying to do because again they weren't playing notations and they weren't playing sound even they were playing shapes and that's just like a real cosmic idea but if you know Eric Dolphy that's you know it's par for the course uh, but Bobby Hutcherson back to him um excellent assignment also a uh, tremendous leader uh, so many great albums uh happenings one of my favorites uh Montara that that album I believe that was the first Bobby Hutcherson album that I bought uh the kicker uh oblique spiral components Lingers Lane and so many others. Uh, Stick Up, love that album too, right there. Uh, but Bobby Hutchinson, all time great. Uh, really gonna miss that brother right there. And the the unfortunate thing about all of these musicians uh, that I have played, I don't think I got to see any one of them live. I have not. And I'm kind of disappointed about that. I had an opportunity to see Sharon Jones. Uh, I did not go to that show. Uh, my son's mother went to that show with her friends and actually got the album signed. So, yeah, I got a signed album from Sharon Jones. Uh, she signed it to me, uh, my son's mother, and him. And she told us to keep on funking, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I hope you all enjoy it. I don't want to run this thing too long. This is the Pitch Podcast. This is the very first episode, so forgive me if it runs a little long. But, you know, having a good time listening to music and, and talking about it. So uh hope to see you all or hear from you all. hope you all listen to me next time. And, you know, we'll, we'll do this some more. Uh, play some more music, talk about some music some more, and, you know, maybe I can get somebody in here to talk with me about music or whatever. You know, we just want to have a good time. Uh, We're going to end this podcast with a tune from Alphonse Muzon, who passed away just a couple days ago. I believe it was, like, Monday this week or maybe day after Christmas. Yeah, I think it was Monday. It was day after Christmas. Uh, But yeah, we're going to end it on that. Uh, Be checking for some more episodes. Um, Just want to keep it going. Uh, Peace out. Love on somebody as much as you possibly can. This is The Pitch with your host, Satchel Paige.